up everyone and welcome to episode 50 of the Justin Insight podcast. Can you believe it? A whole half a century of episodes of this little podcast. Thank you everyone um, for, for making this possible. Uh, yeah, just wanted to start the show with a massive thank you really um, for everyone who supported this show, listened to the episodes consistently, who's appeared on the show, anybody who's kind of been a part of it, it's been been massive and we officially turned one year old this week as well, which is an added bonus. So yeah, it's been a been a rad fifty episodes so far. Um, but yeah, if you're new to this show, my name is Tim Backbeck. I'm a writer. I'm a lover of films, music, and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I'm your body and vehicle through this podcast. Um, so as another quick thank you, I had amazing feedback from last week's episode with Joe Watson. Uh, it was really cool to to get that reaction from. An episode for a guy that is a really good friend of mine as well. So he was quite, uh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he was quite sort of apprehensive of me asking him to do it because he didn't think anyone would be interested. But loads of amazing feedback from it. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm just glad everyone seemed to enjoy it. Um, as for my week in review this week, nothing massively exciting happened. I watched the NFL uh championship weekend which was rad because the philadelphia eagles have made it to the super bowl which i'm fucking excited about um yeah i've I've, I've, kind of picked philly as my team this year so that's why i'm bragging about that but yeah apart from that went to uh brighton saw yotnar and cassis at the cowley club which was awesome uh i saw cassis at fluff festival last year as well and they blew my mind then and they did it again and yotnar are just loads of fun if you're unaware of them then you will be aware of them soon because they were kind enough to take some time out and record an episode of this show which will be coming up in the near future um something else i did want to quickly touch upon before we get into this week's guest uh so for those of you who don't know my day job is i am a reporter for a local newspaper um some of the stuff i have to write about is not nice it's pretty bleak to be totally honest um and there was no different this week when uh, on Friday I actually witnessed uh, a dead body which was literally up the road from, from my office. Now, I'm not telling you that just for, for shock value or for sympathy or anything like that. Um, there's a point for me to say that. Um, I've been speaking to quite a few friends recently who have been sort of like struggling with various issues, which I'm not going to go into. It's not my place to. Um, but seeing something like that on Friday really kind of brought me back down to earth and kind of makes you kind of take stock of your own life and I'm not I'm not trying to get sort of all hippy dippy and spiritual and stuff but basically just kind of want to say just like look after yourself look after the ones you love um uh, tell people you love them and stuff like that cuz like life's too short like don't hold grudges and shit like that it's just yeah be cool to people like there's too many shitheads in the world just be nice but yeah right I'm going to stop blabbling on because nobody wants to hear me they want to hear my guest um and my guest for episode 50 is the lovely singer-songwriter lizzie farrell um i went to lizzie's show uh in southampton at the joiners uh, she was on tour with seaway um and she was nice enough to take a little bit of time out before the doors opened of the show uh, to have a little chat with me um unfortunately it was a little bit rushed because I got stuck in traffic coming from work to the venue, so it kind of meant the time I had with Lizzie was shortened drastically. But uh, yeah, like it was really, really nice little little chat with her. Um, 
and I, I think it's still a kick-ass episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, we discuss sort of our influences from sort of going from uh, Girls Aloud to metal, uh, sort of going it alone in music, and how sort of writing sad songs have kind of been her her outlet. Outlet, sorry, outlet in life. There we go. I kind of wanted to mix my words then, but hey, ho, there you go. Um, but yeah, so please enjoy the little chat I have with Lizzie Farrell. And I'll see you on the other side. Um, so currently sat in the joiners with uh, Lizzie Farrell on currently on tour with Seaway. Uh, what date is this that you're currently on? Oh God, don't. <laughs> I don't even know what month it is. Um, we are on, I want to say the 7th. Okay. So no, 6th. Uh, 6th. Cool. Yeah, because 6th seems today, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, and we yeah. started on the 10th. Oh, there, there you go. go. Um, how, <laughs> how's the tour been in general? Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. We've had some massive crowds and then it's gone from sort of up, down, up, down. Um, I've noticed, surprisingly, um, Older crowds seem to sort of, I don't know, seem to grab their attention more okay. than the youngsters. That's very cool. Yeah, so it's been it's been quite hit and miss, but good, <laughs> good, because yeah. the people that come up are really nice and they get my lyrics. Yeah, really yeah. Good. Are there um, any particular highlights so far? Um, probably the best show was either probably Nottingham. That was quite an older yeah. crowd and. We just, I actually made people laugh on stage without, without sort of like a tumbleweed just rolling into the background. Yeah, that was a really nice crowd. And Birmingham was good as well. Birmingham yeah. yesterday was cool. really nice. Um, well, as I explained, obviously the show is called Just an Insight. So I kind of like to take my guests sort of back to their origins to, to an extent. So yeah. um, what kind of got you into alternative music in, in the first, first place? Um, to start with, it was my parents. They've always been into sort of like, not proper metal music. My mum was a huge fan of like Pearl Jam. Okay, cool. So Foo Fighters, grunge, sophomore, like soft grunge sort of yeah. stuff. Um, my dad was always into Sting. And, <laughs> I think that's a standard yeah, really, police, isn't it? Um, and he was into a lot of folk. He took me to a lot of folk festivals when oh, I was nice. younger. So I think a lot of my lyrics sort of stem from that, especially like Pack of Wolves, yeah, I yeah. think. Um, but I went through a really weird stage when I was about 13 of deciding that I wanted to listen to nothing that my parents listened to. Okay, yeah, I wanted yeah. to rebel, so I was listening to Girls Aloud and uh, <laughs> JLS. And so, so the kind of stuff you're playing now, then? Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, and then I, thank God, grew out of that, and I got got introduced to Linkin Park. Okay, I think cool. that was my big break yeah. into sort of a lot more heavier music, uh, like My Chemical Romance. And it went on to like North Lane, The Ghost Inside, Terror. Uh, goes quite like, and then I went through stages like bumming off metalcore. Like yeah, I absolutely yeah. loved metalcore. And then it went to hardcore and now more like emo-y yeah. sort of stuff. I think that's yeah. kind of like a, a natural progression. Yeah, I think because the genres have sort of just developed more Yeah, because well. I think that's kind of similar to what yeah. I did. Like, I think like my older brother was into Probably sort of Probably minus like, girls allowed though. Wow, you'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, but like my older brother was sort of into like the whole new metal thing. Yeah. So that was kind of my gateway. And then as you say, like hardcore bands like yeah. Terror, Have Heart, things yeah. like that. And like now, I still love hardcore and stuff, yeah, but definitely. nowadays I'm a bit more sort of sort of twinkly guitars, like yeah. tiny moving parts and things yeah, like that. Like American football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so, as you say, kind of like getting into the alternative sort of music through sort of Linkin Park. So yeah. what I always like, like to kind of find out what was the first kind of 
quote unquote big show that that you went to sort of in the well not necessarily in the alternative world but it was um, kind of your your eye opening to to live music as well like I said, I went to Shrewsbury Folk Festivals and yeah. Shrewsbury, and that was a big eye-opener. But I think it was probably... I'd seen Girls Aloud, and obviously I didn't really take much from that <laughs> other than they put on a pretty good show and they dressed very nice. Um, and then it was... I think it was Snow Patrol with my okay. mum. And I don't know if you've ever seen them live, but no, they're, no, they're no. a lot rockier live. Yeah, um, I've, heard, I've heard that, yeah. actually. And I remember... So we saw them in the Echo Arena in Liverpool, and I remember sitting there and going... Like fuck. Yeah. I wanna do this. I wanna be on stage. I wanna be connecting with like audience like this person's like lead singer Snow Patrol was doing. Um and I think that was probably a big eye opener. I used to do performing arts for a time and that was another thing. I loved being on stage but I couldn't dance and I couldn't particularly act. <laughs> so I used to just get stuck by the tallest person on stage. And my mum would be like, Where is she? And I'd be like, Hey yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was probably Snow Patrol I'd have to say was a big eye opener for me and um and then I think the probably the heaviest band that I went to see live was probably I went to see it was While She Sleeps and Asking Alexandria. Um Motionless in white. Yeah. And betraying the martyrs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that was another like, oh, I did really want to get into a heavy band. Like I remember in college, I was like, can we start a metalcore band? Like, can I sing? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, no, it's for that's not for girls. Girls can't be in metalcore bands. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh well, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it was probably Snow Patrol was a big eye opener. So was, before that, had you kind of toyed with the idea of playing music at all, or was that kind of? The, the light bulb moment. Um, yeah, definitely. I picked I picked up a guitar when I was about thirteen, and I literally learned about three chords. Okay. And I just went on. More than to, I have Yeah, I went. <laughs> I went on to Google. I'd be like Damien Rice chords, easy. <laughs> yeah. And then I just tried and learned every Damien Rice song I could, yeah. and just bashed that. And then I went and did busking for a bit, a few open mic nights, and studied it in college for three years. Yeah. So and then. The, the, I guess that was kind of the, the yeah. snowball into yeah. kind of what. Where I just you were I just knew that music was something because I was homeschooled till I was sixteen. Okay. So my mum struggled with getting me to sit down and do anything <laughs> yeah. other than sing. So I think I knew I think my mum knew as well that I was going to be into the arts of some sort, and I just knew that singing was something that made me happy, and so I just kept doing that until I because I when I went to college I was stuck between photography and music. And literally at the last minute, I went, no, yeah. music, music. Okay, cool. My gut was like, you want to go do music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've mentioned, obviously, kind of wanting to do, like, the metalcore bands yeah. and stuff in college. So what was your first sort of, uh, your first life kind of foray into music? Did you, because of, obviously, people that know you now will be for sort of, like, the solo stuff, but did, yeah. were you in sort of college bands and things like that? Or has it always been Lizzie yeah. Farrell? Yeah, no, I was in, I was in, I was in a band called Sweet Face, and we were like... Well, I'll leave, our guitarist was a bit pretentious. And, <laughs> There's always yeah, one, and there? I was like, "Oh, we're indie pop." He's like, "No, we're not indie pop. We're post-punk revival." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> so yeah, that, I didn't even know it, it was just it was just lo-fi, really. It was okay, just a stupid, yeah, yeah. pretentious word for lo-fi. Um, and then I got kicked out to be replaced by a male singer. And then I was in another band, got kicked out to be replaced by a male singer. Oh god! It was very so. To be fair, my first taste of working in bands with boys wasn't very great. Yeah, it's yeah. like, they're going to kick me out in a minute. <laughs> and then I just I just thought, you know, f like, fuck it. I'm yeah. just going to do it on my own and see what happens. And I just did, really. I wasn't, I'm not great at guitar. I'm good at writing on guitar, but I'm not, I'm not very confident playing it live. Yeah. Um, I can be, if I have to be. If I'm put in the position where I need to be, I'll do it. But 
I mean, that was I just thought, fuck it, like these people aren't supporting me. They don't want me in their band, so I'll just yeah. go do it on my own. <laughs> and I read somewhere that kind of your first sort of, well, the, when people sort of first got recognised that you were sort of doing covers and things on on YouTube yeah. and, and so on and so forth. So, and I think, especially when YouTube was quite early on, that was what a lot of people were doing. So, yeah. for for you, was that just a, kind of a an outlet that you didn't necessarily think would amount to Definitely. anything? Definitely. Well, to be fair, though, a lot of people thought I was discovered by a cover, but I wasn't. Oh, okay. I put my own single that I'd recorded right, okay. on on YouTube, and yeah. my booking agent found it. Oh, wow. But to be fair, probably it helped from the views of the other covers yeah, I was yeah. doing, but that's how he found me. Um, so, yeah, I was doing like acoustic covers of like Asking Alexandria yeah. and awful, awful stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that I think I just saw loads of other people doing it, and I just thought, you know what? And to be fair, I didn't really get anywhere until I actually bought myself a decent microphone <laughs> and made a bit more appearance in videos and yeah. made it look a bit more artsy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to sort of jump forward a little bit yeah. because obviously, looking at what you're doing now, obviously it's your, all your own material and stuff, but there's still a lot of the element of you with a just in front of a camera or even sort of music videos yeah. and things. So do you think that that's kind of something, maybe not not consciously, but that you've kind of grabbed onto that and kept hold of, that that's kind of, that's your identity as Lizzie the artist? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I, I've i always, I've loved, I've loved media. So yeah. I think, I think, like when I write songs, I immediately have a music video in my head. Yeah. Like straight away. I'll be looking out the car window, like imagining I'm in it. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I'd have to say, yeah. I think so. It has become a bit of a part of me. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, with again, I'm sort of sort of jumping my timeline around a little bit, but obviously with the covers that you were doing, something that I'm not sure how many of them exist, but going through YouTube, I found a couple of people covering your songs, which oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've not seen them. Uh, well, I, I only listened to one. Was it which, a drum cover? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's there was a couple of others that I I kind of popped across. So oh, wow. did. For you, obviously, that kind of being your origin and now people kind of doing that's that over weird. your song. Yeah, I was going to say, is that, that quite a well, surreal Yeah, well, thing? the weirdest thing yesterday was someone DM'd me on Twitter, like, can you handwrite lyrics and can I get them tattooed on me? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, one, my handwriting's shocking. That was homeschooled, so I refused to write anything down. And the second, I'm like, shit, like, never thought that'd ever happen. Yeah. It's, and, yeah, it's, 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 it's getting weird. It's getting weird. <laughs> in a good way, but in a sort of like, why does anyone give a fuck about yeah. my music, in a way? Well, so obviously you said the, the booking agent kind of picked you up from your yeah. own song off, off of YouTube. So talk me through how kind of the process went from there to kind of being with Pure Noise and kind of leading up to where we are now. Because admittedly, I was kind of only introduced your music sort of tail end of last year. Yeah. And instantly I was like, this awesome I love oh, it sort you. of thing so how, yeah talk me through how kind of how it all the, came about yeah how it went yeah. from do, being that, that sort of kicked out of the metalcore bands <laughs> to to deciding right busking YouTube done that now I want to kind of push the push my product so to say well it was basically I'd like I said I had a cover a song sorry called Doubt that I'd recorded in college um, it was a four and a half minute song yeah so it was droning and very depressing. <laughs> and uh, my booking agent magically saw something. He was like, I think he saw a sort of, oh, wow, it's sort of like a female 
sad songwriter. Yeah. I don't, there's like, you've got, obviously you've got a few of them around, but I think he saw huge potential in that and thought there's not many in the scene and I was covering songs that were in sort of the alternative scene. So he just literally dropped me a message on Facebook yeah. and was like, yo, I work for this company. I'd really love to jump on a Skype call with you. I'm from California. And obviously I read it and thought, who the hell is this yeah. weirdo? Like, and I remember going to mum like, mum, look at this weirdo. Like, what, what is this? And she was like, oh. Then I looked it up and saw that it was all really legit. And yeah. I was like, oh shit. Okay. So I jumped on Skype with Brad and he, he just was like, look, I want you to just send me all the songs that you've got yeah. and I want to help you and I want you to pick five and I want you to go record them and I yeah. want to pitch them. Okay. So that's basically what happened. I recorded these sort of portfolios with um, Seb Barlow. Okay, who yeah. Who recorded Next Deep Early yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's Ben Barlow's brother. Um, so we did that and then we sent them around and it was like, I think there was two in the end which were, were interested was one and then Pure Noise um, but then the other one backed out last minute and Pure Noise were like, yeah, we want you. Yeah. And they sent me like, a contract over an email and I'd had one Skype call with them <laughs> but me me and Brad were talking for a good good year yeah. before anything happened um, but I remember opening the email and just crying for a yeah. solid like half an hour and my mum was like oh my god what's wrong what's wrong <laughs> I couldn't get my words out I was like Whoa! <laughs> and she was like what and then I told her and she was like oh my god oh my god so yeah it was that was it was I think that was probably one of the best days of my yeah. life hands down I, I can vividly remember that it's quite weird that you say that because I uh, well the, the guy who I interviewed sort of last week yeah. um, is like a friend of mine known him for sort of 10 12 years um, but his band or well, his old band sorry they supported uh, Thursday like on one of their last tours that they did right okay and basically it came about because the vocalist of Thursday got in touch with the booking agent and he then sort of emailed them and was like yeah Thursday want to do a tour with you like oh, can, yeah. can you call me and he had the exact same relation uh, reaction as you it was like yeah nah this is a scam yeah. kind of thing. so it's weird to, to know that the I don't know like for musicians like I think I think you don't ever you don't think it's going to yes, happen but ever. it can happen so quickly and so easily yeah. as that because sometimes there's like all those mad stories and you think oh that would never happen then when it actually happens you're like oh right this does happen <laughs> <laughs> like this does happen so was has everything kind of been a bit kind of whirlwind for you then? yeah definitely I think I don't think it's even properly sunk in to yeah. be honest I think it is a lot more on this tour I'm seeing people singing my lyrics which is like absolutely breathtaking like you, I have to try and concentrate on not looking at them <laughs> I'm like wait are you, are you actually or are you talking no you're actually singing my words okay I'm not going to look at you now for the rest of the show because I'm just going to cry um, so yeah I think, I think it is sinking in now um, but not saying like I'm you know think I'm some big time person or anything it's just it's just sinking in like okay I'm actually doing something that I've always wanted to do yeah. and I absolutely love it so it's a, it's a really nice feeling yeah definitely and obviously you've already mentioned the sort of the kind of appeal and the, or the aesthetic of, of you being a, a female singing sad songs kind of thing was maybe quite unique at a time when you were sort of picked up so yeah. to say um, and I think now especially nowadays like you see sort of artists like Julian Baker yeah. uh, Lucy Bracus and lot, things I like have, that yeah. that there's almost this kind of wave of it. So do you think that's kind of worked in your favour or do you, has that kind of added pressure to you in such an early kind of stage in your I don't, musical Honestly, career? I don't know, because writing sad songs has always been something so natural for mm. me. Um, it was a, I, I suffer with severe anxiety. Okay. Um, I had quite a lot of depression growing up and that was my coping mechanism. 
what writing songs? Writing songs because yeah. I'd literally write the lyrics, whatever I was feeling, and sing them till I was fa- like blue in the face. Yeah, yeah. Like scream them till one of my family members had yelled, tell me to <laughs> shut the hell up, you know. Um, so yeah, like I, I have to, yeah, I have to think like it, there is a lot of pressure of it because there's the whole sort of are people going to connect? Yeah. And I think they are. I think I think. Um, you know, I don't tend to express everything I'm feeling in a song. I try to hide it at least so other people can connect and interpretate yeah. interpretate it for their own way. Um, but I don't really know. Like, I've not really thought about it, to no. be honest. It's just so natural to me that I've not actually stood back and gone, okay, there's pressure. Yeah, yeah. It's just something I'm just going to keep doing. And obviously you mentioned kind of like the sort of using sort of music as a coping mechanism. Yeah. But have kind of different sort of musical backgrounds and elements kind of influenced the, not necessarily the lyric side of things, but the musical sort of outlook of yours? Because I think even though the songs you're writing about are obviously very personal and, as you yeah. say, kind of quite have a sadder meaning, like the music is quite sort of upbeat to, to some extent. Yeah, that, so was, that was the help of a producer beforehand. <laughs> it wasn't so much. But obviously you said, obviously your sort of musical growing up was yeah. kind of bands like Snow Patrol but then obviously going to like the metalcore things yeah. has that kind of have you pulled influences from that in this music definitely I think I when people are like oh can you pin down an influence and you, I don't think you can because no. it's like one song can influence you yeah. or one lyric can mm. influence you so I think I think if I looked back and I did analyse it all there's probably huge influences from everything everything like bands have been in what I've listened to you know what I mean so I don't Definitely, there probably is some sort of metalcore, maybe especially with the sad lyrics, and maybe talking more, singing more about sort of uh, mental health issues. Because mm. in metalcore, that's quite it's quite a big thing, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Um, if you look at like the colour morale and people like that. So yeah, I think I think metalcore has definitely sort of um, influenced me in ways. Mm. Yeah. And obviously, tours like this with Seaway obviously are going to be ways to kind of uh, people kind of see your name. So for well take this tour as a, as a prime example yeah obviously there'll be people that do know who you are but majority will be here to see Seaway so yeah. what, what's kind of the I don't want to say task because yeah. that's the wrong kind of word but for, for you what's the challenge in sort of doing these tours because as I say it's quite a brave thing to maybe because you could easily hide behind a, an artist soon yeah, but definitely. it's not you. it's Lizzie Farrell yeah definitely so What's the ch- challenge for you to make sure that people kind of go back and, and who haven't maybe not necessarily familiar with yourself before the show, but afterwards to go, oh, I'll, I'll go check, check what that's like recording yeah. kind of thing. Like, how do you rise to that challenge? To be fair, like my tour manager has made me say it now. He's like, right, the last song you sing, make sure you say that the EP has got a full band on it. <laughs> like, make sure that kids know that you are actually quite rocky. Um, so that's another one. I think the main thing is I just... I just let myself into the music and I just hope because I do like every time I sing like I say it's a coping mechanism every time I sing one of especially the songs on the CP they're like a big relief for yeah. me so I just try and just try and focus on what I'm singing mm. and just hope that you know I'm putting some sort of energy and excitement into what I'm doing and people go oh, yeah I want to keep checking this out <laughs> yeah. and that's what I hope to do like you know I don't, I don't, if people don't, if people don't connect, then they don't connect, like yeah. I don't, you know, people don't connect to everything, um, so I just hope that I put on a good show enough and people want to check me out after, really. Um, yeah. I'm 
conscious the door's going to be opening soon. So how I like to, to end things is kind of to ask the artist what their favourite song is that they've written, but with a bit of a twist. Okay. So what's your favourite Lizzie Farrell song that you've written but that you like to play live and why? Acoustically, I'm really liking Better Off Live. Um, don't know why. I really don't know why, because that's Better Off's got a really cool drum um, drums on it on the EP. Um, but that's probably one of my favourites to play acoustic. But live would have to be Hollow Friends because there's a trumpet. <laughs> nice. On the, on the backing track. There will be. I am going to find some trumpeter just to step on for less than 10 seconds and play a trumpet part <laughs> and go off again. I, that is my... That is, for next tour, that's my goal. But yeah, probably... Oh, but Pack of Wolves is good full band. Yeah, I don't know. So Hollow Friends, full band, better off acoustic. Perfect. Lizzie, thank you very oh, much. Oh, thank for you time. so really much. I really So there we have it, folks. A massive thank you again to, to Lizzie for taking the time to speak to me at the show. Uh, she was rad. If you're not unaware of her, please go check her out. She's destined to be massive, in my opinion. Um, and the show, show was really cool. Um, yeah, and we, also, we um, as I was sort of like, like leaving the show, me and Lizzie had a, a quick conversation, as you said, whenever there's anything sort of new coming up. She she kind of hit me up, so hopefully we'll have her back on the show again in in the future. Um, Lizzie's debut EP, uh, all I said was never heard, is out now. Uh, you can listen to it on Spotify, or like me, you can buy a physical vinyl copy uh, from her web store, and I believe through Pure Noise as well, which is her record label. Um, if you want to keep up to date with everything that she's doing as well, you can do it on the normal social media platforms: uh, facebook.com forward slash Lizzie Farrell Music. Uh, and on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Lizzie Farrell, all one word. As always, I'll put the links and so on and so forth in the description of this episode. Um, and as always, you can keep up to date with what we're doing on Twitter. It's at just underscore and underscore. Yeah, I'm going to start that again. At just underscore and underscore insight. There we go. Should know my own Twitter handle by now, but I always get tongue tied. But uh, it's late. I'm I'm editing this on monday night so yeah there we go um and as always if you're listening to this on itunes please hit that subscribe button give us a little rate give us a little review really means the world to to us and hopefully kind of pushes us in more people's faces which is why i want to do this no it's not really but it helps um so yeah that's it for this week next week will be the first wrestling roundtable of 2018 as we approach the royal rumble uh so well we will have gone by the time the episode goes out but yeah royal rumble time um but for now thank you again for listening to the justin insight podcast and i will see you soon